Welcome to Church Ahead, the weekly Christian podcast talking about big questions facing the future of church with Rev L all the way from the north of England. Episode 29, Bob Dylan, is the first of a new series about Jesus. Come to my funeral, and I can't invite you just yet, and you will hear words from two Jewish men. One would be my nomination for the greatest living human being, and the other, the greatest man ever. One died young, whilst the other is old and still very much alive. One was a preacher, who is often called a prophet, the other a singer who refused to be called a prophet. Whether these two Jewish men are the greatest people who've ever lived, I can't say. What I can tell you is that no one else has provided me with so much inspiration. The words they've left are the most important words I've ever heard. Most of my life has been been spent listening and singing along. When I die, my family will have to put up with a bit more from both of them. Jesus of Nazareth and Bob Dylan have a fair bit in common. They are both Jewish, very Jewish. Their Jewish identity is not merely incidental. It's at the core of who they are. A raft of New Testament scholars from Geza Vermesh onwards have recovered Jesus from honorary Anglican vicar to something more like a Jewish rabbi. They've rediscovered a first-century Palestinian Jew talking to first-century Palestinian Jews about what? About sexuality in the Methodist Church, the Trinity, the Reformation? No, no, no. Talking about first-century Palestinian Judaism. He protested about many features of the religion around him, but he had no interest in pushing aside Judaism to make way for something called Christianity. Bob Dylan is more Jewish than many people realise. Brought up in the close-knit Minnesota Jewish community, his own sons are also bar mitzvah. Though rarely active in organised religion, God is the great unseen reality of his songs. His Christian phase in the late 1970s, very early 1980s, saw more explicitly religious language, but the whole of his six-decade catalogue is implicitly religious in the sense of life considered against an awareness of God. His cultural references range far and wide, but the Bible is the staple, and I mean the Jewish Bible, or what Christians call the Old Testament. Support for the State of Israel has annoyed Western liberal Gentile opinion, but delighted many Jews. But surely Jesus was a Christian. Come on, he's the most famous Christian. Born at Christmas, surely he went to church every Sunday and always stood up to recite the Nicene Creed. Not at all. Both men are often misleadingly labelled Christian. Whilst each contribute a fair bit to the Christian religion, they are both emphatically Jewish. Now, I know that some of you are going to be really disappointed 
that we haven't got Bob Dylan to sing for us today. And even more disappointed that I'm not singing. Can Bob Dylan sing? Well, as much as I love the man's music, I have to acknowledge that his voice is not conventionally beautiful. Voice training has never been much in evidence. As an older man, his singing is weak, nasal and often out of tune. A common complaint at live performances is that he butchers songs with eccentric reinterpretation. My favourite singer-songwriter is, in truth, not that good a singer. And yet I still prefer his version of his songs to other people's invariably sweeter cover versions. Something about his character and life come through his gnarled, gruff voice that just does it for me. The most successful singer of his generation does not sing conventionally well. What about the most famous religious leader this world has ever known? In truth, he was not straightforwardly very good at religion, neither as a follower nor as a leader. He broke the dietary and purity religious rules without suggesting any constructive alternative. He does not do what we expect from someone founding a new religion. He didn't offer a very clear explanation of God. He did not set up a well-run organisation. It's doubtful whether he even left a prayer for his followers to repeat. He trashed the temple and left no instruction manual to run a church. Any bishop trying to find some quotable authority in trying to get 21st century people to go to church will find precious little help from Jesus. It would be fair to say neither man is conventionally good at what he is famous for. In late 2016, Bob Dylan bemused the Nobel Prize organisers by failing to jump up and down in celebration of their literary award. Dylan is on stage most nights, and the day the prize was announced saw him perform a concert. There were lots of journalists and photographers there ready to hear his response. Not a dicky bird, no mention of this great honour. For weeks, the Nobel Prize Committee were unable to get any response from him. Would he accept the award? Would he attend the event? In the end, he gave a polite, low-key acknowledgement and declined to attend the award. Really? What did they expect? A man who spent his whole life refusing to be defined by others is hardly going to embrace the introduction Nobel Prize winning. As a young man, he would not accept the P-word when everybody wanted to call him a prophet. He would never own up to speaking for his generation. Nobody is ever going to define Bob Dylan other than Bob Dylan. What about Jesus? Caesarea Philippi, anybody? When Peter tried to press Jesus into acknowledging he was Messiah, the pushy fisherman was brutally put in his place. Many honours, titles and accolades hang round Jesus' neck. 
He's been called Son of God, Lord of all, Prophet, Priest and King. In response to Pontius Pilate's attempt to label him King of the Jews, he replied, You say. Jesus gave himself no title other than Son of Man, which is a deliberate play on words and conceals as much as it reveals. He would accept no one else's definition. Imagine the Nobel Prize Committee sending their representative to offer him a prize. Nobel Prize for Peace, perhaps? Or how about a bespoke prize? How about the Nobel Prize for Parables? I cannot imagine Jesus' response being any warmer than Bob Dylan's. I'm recording this on the 3rd of November 2022. I'm specially high on Dylan today because he was in town last night. He performed at the Apollo Theatre Manchester. Did I go? Yes. Did I have a ticket? No. I stood outside by the stage door, just like the last time he was there five or six years ago. I could hear the texture of his voice and recognise some of his songs. He finished the set with Every Grain of Sand, the song you're going to hear at my funeral, if my family get their act together. Last time I saw him leave the show, his unmistakably frail frame wearing a boxer's sweaty hoodie. Yes, it did make my day to be that close to him. So I waited again after the show last night. This time I was joined by dozens of young men in their twenties, desperate to see our hero close up. After ten minutes of standing around, a roadie came out and told us we were wasting our time because Dylan had left from the other side of the building. And once again, I have been wrong-footed by Bob Dylan. He never does what you expect. And same with Jesus. After a lifetime of reading the Gospels, he still surprises me and never goes where you expect. He frequently surprises and puzzles us. You will never tie Jesus down or keep him in your box. Yes, they have so much in common, these two Jewish men who have done so much for me. But even more intriguing is the difference between them. The key contrast for me is that whilst both shine out as young men, that's really all I have with Jesus, whilst I've been able to watch Bob Dylan grow into middle and later years. In both cases, they're best known for what they said and did as young men. The times they are changing is a young people's anthem overturning money changers tables in the temple that's a young man's stunt many of jesus best known lines blaze with youthful indignation reading the gospels in my 50s i'm increasingly conscious of meeting someone so much younger than me and it's no surprise that when i first felt the magnetism of Jesus' life and teaching, I was a young man. Both men leave behind great protest songs challenging this world to its core. 
But Dylan has expressed a far wider range of human experience, perhaps just because he lived longer. Songs written raising five children, then reflecting on middle age. Even the decade of his 70s and 80s, it's not dark yet, but it's getting there. When I was a zealous evangelical teenager, Dylan expressed what I felt about Jesus better than anyone else. Ditto, wrestling with career in my 20s, looking for love in my 30s, family life in my 40s, pondering the ways of the world in my 50s. Yes, as you walk out of my funeral, you will hear a song from Dylan's early 40s. Am I the only Christian who wonders what Jesus would have said in his 40s and in his 50s and older? Now just remind me, why does the church celebrate Jesus' early death? Thank you for listening to episode 29. Next time, the quest for the real, true, historical Jesus.